0: Hi! Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. I've had a decent day. It's so nice to hear your voice.
1: Yeah, it's probably very monotone. I apologize.
0: No, I like it. I like that a lot. I have too much inflection. I I give away my emotions way too soon, so I always respect someone who can keep it even-keeled. All right, so we're going to jump in. We're already being recorded, okay? Excellent. All right. So, hi. Who are you? How do we know each other? And where can people find you online?
1: Well, let me start off. My name is uh, Lane Sonier, um, and we know each other through my wife. Her name is Brittany Sonier. used to be known as Brittany Argomanese. She went to high school. Um, You guys were in the same class, Um, and I met you at her high school reunion party that you put on.
0: <laughs> you know oh, what? You and know, uh,
1: Brittany says you guys also went to college together.
0: I was just gonna say Brittany and I actually went to Chapman together too. And where can people find you online?
1: Um, generally, I just use uh, Facebook or Instagram. Facebook is just my name, or uh, Instagram. Uh, my name is Lainsta the Gangsta, and that's L A I N E S T A T H E, and then Gangsta with an A as well.
0: Awesome. Is Brittany there right now? Does she want to hop on?
1: Yeah, she's she's here right now.
0: Hi Brittany! Hi. Hi, Hello. beautiful. I wasn't sure if you're gonna be available, but um thank you for letting me borrow your husband for the next hour. Oh, please do give me a break. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> oh no, I'm so glad. I don't even remember how I met him at the reunion, but he was just so damn cool. He's more of the social butterfly in our relationship that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) well thank you thank you again and if you're hanging out like please hang out chime in cut him off tell him he's dumb whatever (laughs) you need to do oh will do okay perfect I'm so happy you're there though okay awesome well Lane, I am so grateful that we connected on Instagram and um I don't remember the details of how we met. Like, yes, I planned that reunion, but it was such a stressful, like crazy, chaotic night. So I don't remember, but I remember thinking, this guy's super cool. I'm gonna add him on Instagram, I'm gonna tag him in all the photos. And so I've kind of, you know, seen some of your guys' posts and stuff throughout the years, and of course knowing your wife Brittany for god, fifteen years now, if not more. But today I wanted to touch base on something that uh, I get, I I find so interesting being in Southern California and it's like, a common thing and yet a really traumatic thing. And I know that most people who are from Southern California probably have some story about being in a car accident. But from what I understand, you were in a pretty bad one, and um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that and what your journey has been, uh, and, and and if you're open to it, kind of seeing like how you've been able to get on the other side as like a strong, resilient handsome beautiful man with a more an even more beautiful wife um rocking that beard do you still have the beard or is it gone oh
1: no of course I should. it's my sunscreen
0: <laughs> and your crumb catcher yes <laughs> i actually got that i got that term from sydney Lecour. by the way by the way this is the third, oh, podcast, the third podcast where i'm mentioning sydney okay because i really want sydney to come on but she won't give me the time of day so if you could have Brittany. You know, put in a good word. I'd love to have Sydney on.
1: Yeah, we'll make some phone calls. We can make that.
0: <laughs> okay, Sydney, that's your third call out on st- on my tenth episode. Um, okay, so can we just dive right in and, and and kind of talk about? You know, you were in a car accident. How old were were you at the time? Um, where were you? I, I, I imagine it was pretty serious. So we could just go ahead and dive in if you if you want to share.
1: Okay, so before I even talk about the accident, I have to give a little bit more background. Um, so my parents got divorced when I was two years old. Um, long story short, uh, I ended up living with my grandparents who adopted me, but I would still see my dad on the weekends. Um, I was nine years old, and my dad said, hey, you want to go down and check out this aircraft carrier? Of course, being a little boy, I was like, yes, let's go. Um So he called my grandparents, they gave the okay, um, and we started heading down there. Uh, little did I know that day my dad had a lot to drink, uh, and we were on the five freeway, uh, headed down to San Diego. The story goes that, uh, the steering column snapped in, in the Jeep. Um, but we're not sure. (laughs) He could have just, you know, I have no idea. He was, he had been drinking um and the jeep rolled a bunch at least 9 times um and my dad had just put a rack on the top of the jeep uh to just hold extra stuff because they don't have a lot of room in them and when the jeep was rolling over and over and over again on the freeway uh the rack came down um i was seated seated in the uh the back seat um as well uh, and the rack came down And it smacked me in the back of the head and the back of the neck, um, which was actually a blessing because had it not done that, I probably would have been decapitated. Um, and then my leg, my right leg hit the roll cage, um, and it snapped my femur. Uh, and we landed upside down, um, on the shoulder. I don't know how we didn't hit any other vehicles, uh, in the process. Um, but, uh, I... Didn't remember the entire, uh, rolling of the, the Jeep, but my dad's friend said that I was conscious the entire time screaming. Uh, and my dad's friend kind of saw it coming, he says. And he ended up with just a sprained wrist. Uh, my dad smashed his entire face against the steering wheel, uh, broke every bone in his face. Uh, we thought he was dead. He was bleeding, just barely breathing. Um, unconscious. Uh, the next thing that I knew, uh, I was in in the hospital and they're giving me all these x rays, you know, checking me from head to toe. The doctor comes in and he goes, Okay, we're gonna have to put a pin in your leg. And essentially, what that meant was they were gonna numb up my leg and they got out their Makita drill and they drilled a big metal screw through my leg and they put 50 pounds. Um, of weight onto it to put my leg in traction. Uh, they forgot to do X-rays of my neck, which is probably the first thing that you want to do um, after any auto accident is make sure that the, you know, your your spine is okay, that your nerves are okay. Um, and then two weeks later, they decided, oh, you know what? We didn't do X-rays. We should probably do these X-rays on his neck. They didn't break vertebrae. I shattered them. Got four vertebrae. And it is in the exact same place as, uh, Christopher Reeves, the old, uh, actor that played Superman, um, who's in a wheelchair. Uh, I don't know how, you know, I survived or how I wasn't paralyzed, but I just kind of wasn't. Um, <laughs> uh, I deal, I do still have some nerve damage. Uh, they call it Horner's syndrome, uh, with my pupils. Uh, they're, un, they're unequal. Uh, generally you see it a lot in, uh, older people, um, or people that are on a lot of serious drugs. Uh, so whenever I get pulled over, I always have to mention, yes, I have Horner's syndrome. No, I'm not on drugs. Um, which is probably a lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, they did all this, uh, and then once they discovered that my neck was also broken, they put me um, basically in like a partial body cast from my right <laughs> my right leg all the way up um to like my nipple essentially, uh in a cast. And then they had me in a neck brace. I didn't have to wear one of those halos, but I couldn't sit up in the bed. Um i was not allowed to like do anything. And I was probably in the hospital for almost a year. I, I came home to my grandparents because they had adopted me. Uh my grandmother uh is an RN, uh and she Basically took care of me and made sure that I got the best care um, through all of this. Uh Like put a wedge between me and my dad as well. So it wasn't just like a physical injury. Um, it was also like very emotional. I mean, I didn't have any bad feelings towards my father, but he felt terrible. Um, and had a lot of guilt and, you know, messing up his own child. Uh, they told me that I would need lots and lots of physical therapy and things would not be the same as they were before.
0: Can you remind me really quickly? Sorry to interrupt, but how old were you when yeah. this happened? How old were you during this uh, accident?
1: I was nine years old. Oh, so I was, the, I was in the fourth grade.
0: And you were in the hospital for a full year?
1: Yeah. And my, actually, my fourth grade teacher, when I was allowed to come home, uh, she would come to the house and give me the lessons that, that she would give, uh, her other students during the day. So she was basically working two shifts uh, teaching. Uh-huh. And, and then in between all this, like, you know, I'm just in a bed and, you know, if I got to use the restroom or something, like I can't do it by myself and like she'd have to leave and other people have to come in. It was <laughs> but I got through the fourth grade.
0: Oh, I oh have to
1: do like a a missions project in the fourth grade?
0: Oh no, you did a Sugar cube mission project from the hospital.
1: No, 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 it's even better than that. So the year before my grandparents knew that the the mission thing would would be happening in the fourth grade. They decided to take a trip and visit all the missions in California, which was great, but extremely boring for somebody that's like nine years old, you know. And I put together a book of all the missions in Southern California. So that was my mission report.
0: That's incredible. That's really cute. (laughs) I love your grandparents. I'm fighting so hard right now because I've said it on a few of these podcasts that I'm doing. I'm like, I will not cry. I refuse to cry. I'm a total crybaby. And I'm trying to stay composed. (laughs) This is a lot. This is a lot to absorb. There's so many layers and and how you can say it so calmly there's a lot of layers to what you just said not only the physical trauma like you said the guilt of that your father endured and then you know your grandparents and their involvement and then this fourth grade teacher who comes and takes care of you um and keeps you stimulated and, and keeps you feel engaged and a part of i'm guessing like your classmates and, and this is before the internet and this is before FaceTime yeah. and zoom calls. And
1: exactly,
0: you know, how, how does a community come to support someone like y- y- in this circumstance where it's awkward and scary and sad and, and the kids don't understand. I'm still trying to wrap my head around like getting pulled out of a car. It's just a lot. It is a lot. It would be a lot for an adult to go through. But then a nine year old is like, oh my gosh. And you shattered your vertebrae. There's so much to say.
1: You shattered <laughs> yeah, they're, they're
0: your just, freaking vertebrae.
1: I have little pieces floating around in my neck still. So. Oh my God.
0: How old? How, how, like, may I ask how old you are now? What year this happened?
1: Yeah. Uh, this was in 96, October 6, 1996. Okay. I'm 33 now, so.
0: Okay. So, and then you broke your neck. Can I ask you, I know this is like kind of inappropriate, but I just am super curious because I know me growing up, the biggest, scariest threat your parents tell you is like, don't do that, you'll break your neck. Don't do that, you'll break your neck. (laughs) Right? Like, isn't that what everyone says? It's like the shoot your eye out of the 90s is don't do that, you'll break your neck.
1: uh, I wanted to be a stuntman. And I also wanted to make sound effects for cartoons and movies. Uh, so I was always doing crazy shit all the time. And I didn't care about breaking anything. <laughs> uh, generally, I would just bounce. So uh, and I was also like a little bit bigger as a kid too. So I could take the hips a little bit better.
0: <laughs> okay. And then um, not isn't that around the time that Busta Rhymes had that song, Break Your Neck?
1: yep yeah was that know.
0: like a was that like your theme song up in the hospital or something was that like you i'm just having visions of you in middle school like that song comes on and you're just in the middle in your i don't even know were you in a cast a wheelchair i don't even like and you're just like
1: it, it was in a cast and like kind of Once they allowed me to be in a wheelchair, like it was like a lay down wheelchair type deal. Like, one of the one of the weirdest things was like all I wanted to do as a little kid was just go into my room, and I couldn't, you know, like I couldn't for the longest time, until finally, like basically a year later, when they took the cast off and I could sit up, and I could get my wheelchair into my room. <clears throat> and that was <laughs> amazing
0: so how like you said that there were a lot of things that you were told i mean sounds like you were a rambunctious little boy normal you know you wanted to be a stuntman. Yeah. man um i grew up doing martial arts and i actually followed bruce lee's uh story he, he was one of my heroes growing up bruce lee i i loved watching here and yeah, I I loved watching Kung Fu movies. I was very much like a boy girl growing up. And so Jackie Chan was one of them, Bruce Lee. But Bruce Lee, I I believe, broke his neck. I, I don't know if that's official, but he did something to his neck where he was in that wheelchair that you just talked about. He was in that same yeah. like uh, vertical wheelchair. He was so frustrated and he knew the capabilities of his body. And he was so frustrated and so angry. But for you at nine... It's a strange weird thing, but when you're a child everything's strange and weird because you haven't experienced anything before. Were you aware of your limited capabilities or was it just a new normal for you?
1: Uh in a way, so I also like when my grandparents raised me, um I learned a lot about um Medicine, terminology, um, anatomy and physiology. So I knew what was going on and I knew it was wrong with me. But at the same time, it's like you said, like this was my new normal, uh, because I was so young. And I think that's what really, really helped me through it. Uh, I mean, I'd broken like, a lot of bones. So it was my left ankle, my right femur, uh, four vertebrae in my neck, uh, three ribs. Um. Well, like everything hurt.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> so First, I, n- I needed it. Break an ankle. Like, I didn't know that was a freaking thing. Like, you can break your ankle.
1: Yeah. Like, oh, I got a piece of metal from the Jeep actually stuck into uh, my ankle as well in the same way. Right and now? I think that's what kind of broke it. No, no, they took it out. Oh uh, my God. I was took like, it Are it just
0: out? carrying that shit with you the rest of your life. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this is really, really, I mean, this is a lot. I'm, again, I'm saying this as an adult. I'm trying to, I have I said it earlier, like Southern California, it's very rare that you would say, oh, I, most people have been in some type of car accident. And even when it's a fender bender, even when someone rear ends you and you didn't see it coming yeah. and nothing happens, you have that adrenaline rush. I was in yeah. a, a pretty bad car accident in 20... Um, 2014 or the end of 2013. I was in a, a pretty bad one. I was I was fine. Um, you know, I I I was able to walk away after they pulled me out of my car, but overall I was fine. Nothing compared to what you're doing here. But the trauma I had, it, it took me years before I was comfortable on the freeway. I don't know. I I didn't go to the hospital. I I really should have. I ended up going like 2 weeks later, but I was in a weird blackout state and not making sense after my accident. But I'm thinking for you as a child, like you had no control, right? They, they, you had no control of anything. You had no control of the car. You had no control of who was driving the car. You, you, and and you're in this situation. I, I just don't understand how you mentally recover. Even if, if it was a total accident, which happens all the time, I'm talking like a freak accident. You know, my accident was a puddle on the road. It was a puddle on the freeway. I hydroplaned and flew off the freeway. It, it was nobody's fault. By the grace of God, I walk, I say. By the grace of God, I go, because yeah. I should yeah. have been hit by several <laughs> cars, oncoming cars, um, and, I, and I wasn't. But for you, I'm just trying to wrap my head around like you're isolated from your friends, you're in physical pain. I, I'm just kind of wheeling right now trying to think of this little boy wow.
1: I, I was actually forced to grow pretty fast um and it's basically in the time span before that from when I was two to to the accident um living with my mother uh, it was it was probably more of a traumatic experience than this entire car accident um mostly because she after she had a lot of she suffered a lot from um postpartum depression and attempted suicide uh and it was really bad. And it was so bad actually that my parents divorced. Um so from the time that I was two until the time that I was nine, uh we lived in at least like twenty five different houses. Um uh, or not even houses. They were just kind of like a room in somebody's house, uh some guy that she met at the grocery store like two hours earlier. Um anything that we could afford was just a roof over her Uh we never had food. Um I barely went to school. And when I did, I had to just walk there myself and walk back. My mom had some terrible, terrible boyfriends uh, that didn't help us at all. Um, One of them actually pulled a gun on my mom and I. I had a very different upbringing. And like I said, I was forced to grow up a lot sooner than than most people were. Um, And I think that probably is what got me through this accident
0: yeah i mean i i love that you say that like maybe that's that's how you were able to persevere and push through because you were in some twisted weird way being prepared for this battle and journey um but at the same time i still hear like hit after hit after hit you know i complain because i don't know i i something silly where I'm like oh this boy didn't text me back and I just can't take anymore um I've never had anyone pull a gun on me and you had that happen at a young age and I'm like again how do you pro- do, are you even aware that a gun could kill you or are you kind of thinking it's a toy oh, like yeah. I don't know yeah, yeah no. I,
1: mean, I, cool. I remember I dropped to my knees and, and I was praying um and that's the Latin and I was like woke up in my bed my mind like kind of blocks some of this stuff out too
0: yeah that's so that's what it's funny that you say that. so at the time I had a girlfriend, she's a pathologist, and so she studies the human brain and um she was in school during my car accident, and she had asked me a few questions and like I said, I refused to go in the ambulance i was I was refusing medical care. I don't remember that. I couldn't tell you anything about the accident itself. I remember spinning and thinking, I'm gonna die. Um, my mom's going to be so sad. It was a week before Christmas and I was like, God, this is going to ruin my family's Christmas. Like I had that mental process and I was like, my mom's going to be so sad at Christmas, but I don't remember when the spinning stopped. I don't remember when my car stopped. I have no recollection of noise. Like there was no sound. It was mute. And obviously that's not the case when you're spinning out of control and there's rain and cars honking and all that. And you crash, into a tree, which is what stopped my vehicle. When I flew off the freeway, I crashed into a tree underneath the freeway. None of that made noise <laughs> to me. And she said that our brains do this really weird, beautiful thing where they shut it shuts off certain senses to protect ourselves from reliving the trauma, to create less memories. And that always stuck with me. And so hearing you say, like, you don't remember a lot of it, it's a weird, beautiful thing that our brain does to protect ourselves. But at the same time, a lot of times to process, you have to pull those memories. And so it's just, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine, Lane. And I'm, I'm like appalled and floored. And my, I, I'm telling you, I'm really fighting tears right now that you would even share this with me because I didn't anticipate all the pain behind your story. And I know that we're not even, we're, you're only nine. We still have 20, we still have 20 <laughs> more years to account for. Let's get to the end where you get married and you're happily ever after. Um, yeah. You said that the doctors told you that there were things you weren't going to be able to do, right? So you come home to yeah. your grandparents, you're recovering um, physically. I mean, just breaking your ankle. I'm telling you, I didn't know that was a thing. Like I thought you twist your ankle. Like, I, I no, you I'm can break it. it.
1: There's a lot of little bones.
0: God, I mean, so what were you told? You're a rambunctious nine year old who who wants to be a stuntman. You're kung fuing all around the house. If you're like me, you're kung fuing all around the house yes. and breaking bases and getting in trouble. That was me. I broke stuff and got in trouble for kicking too much in my house. Oh yeah. So you're a rambunctious- your
1: Jackie Chan's fault, you know.
0: I know. I know. I was like, my obsession with Bruce Lee is like really embarrassing. I, I actually don't think I've verbally admitted that to anybody in the last 10 years. So you're lucky. But I, um, yeah, I was, I was like super into ja- uh, Jackie Chan and, and Bruce Lee. And so for you as a boy, but just as a child who's active and, and wants to have fun, I would get upset when my dad was like, don't play in the house. Don't do that. You can't do that. Let alone you're being told by doctors, what? That you can no longer what?
1: I was told I'll never play a contact sport ever again. Um, I was also told that I would not walk correctly um, and for sure I would not be able to run correctly. And I didn't, I was like, doctors, what do they know? You know, and uh, <laughs> I just continued to heal and I didn't take it uh, serious at all. And and like you were saying, like Bruce Lee, like he knew his capabilities of his body. And that's the most frustrating part um, about being injured uh, or immobile. Um, and I knew I was like, no, nah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do those things. Uh, except, you know. I was living with my grandparents and my grandma's a nurse, so I really was not allowed to play any contact sports. I wasn't allowed to play soccer anymore. Uh, Never allowed to play football in my entire life, which probably saved me from becoming a huge doucher. Um,
0: (laughs) I did a lot of football players in high school. I could tell you that's probably the fucking truth.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I did the one sport that is everybody else's sports uh, punishment went for cross country and track because it was like all right just run that's all you need to do uh ended up being captain of the long distance track team and captain of the cross country team uh from my high school
0: you ran and
1: i also was uh yeah i also got involved in uh boy scouts uh, I did a bunch of hiking, and that, that also helped uh, in my recovery as well.
0: Okay. I, I know you're going to hate me for saying this, but I can't help but think of another little boy who I knew growing up. He had leg braces, and he was told that he couldn't run, and then the kids came to pick on him, and he ran and broke his leg braces. and Did you ever put that together? Like, I was told I would never walk normally, and here I am, captain of the track team or cross country team. Like, what? I, I I just again, that's such a quick turnaround between nine and eighteen years old.
1: I think I kind of recognize it in retrospect, but really, like the thing about Forrest Gump is like it's either that like he's too dumb or he's too humble to like you know let you know everything and. I think also like just kind of going through the past pain and the physical and the emotional, you know, I think even if I was to have joined a football, uh, team, I still would bring that with me. Uh, it's just trying to stay humble and just see, help other people that are also in pain, uh, and just be understanding.
0: I love that. I really do love that. How, how have you been able, if, do you have any examples of how you've been able to help pull people out of pain or help walk them through trauma? I mean, this is such a compelling story. Like I said, I don't even feel worthy to have. I'm like, Oh, I should be paying you to listen to this.
1: No, no, and no, no way.
0: You, you just, I, I can't imagine how inspiring how many people you've inspired, even people who've never reached out to you. You know, there are those children who you went to school with, they're traumatized. I I can say that I know that they must be traumatized by that story because it's not the same. But in sixth grade, there was a girl whose appendix bursted. So she had to leave school for three months. Not anything crazy, but she got really sick and she almost died. It was a really big deal. Uh, She had to repeat sixth grade because of it, which was crazy because she was like the top, you know, kid in the class and really smart and whatnot. That has stuck with me. When I hear of people talking about their appendix bursting, the reason why I take it so seriously is because she quite literally almost died. It was, it was pretty bad. She was out of school for a long time and you had the smartest girl in the class had to repeat sixth grade. That story has stuck with me. I can't imagine how many students throughout your journey, your story has stuck with them and has (laughs) probably inspired them. I'm I'm just being serious. Like, I can't imagine.
1: I was a huge weirdo. Um, So I would always hang out with kind of like the outcasts, just because I felt more comfortable there. So they were writing stories about me being an alien and like all the weird stuff that I would do. And I recently found it. Uh, and I was showing it to Brittany, actually. This was probably, like, three or four months ago. Um, the story is that <laughs> my entire class made their own uh yearbook. And they wrote, like, a whole chapter about Lane from Mars. And he fell out of the school, the top story of the school, because he was climbing it. And when he fell and when he hit the concrete, an alien popped out of his head. And we all knew that he was really from Mars. Uh, <laughs> So I guess i had already been like making an impression before I was even in like this car accident, and I think it just kind of added to my weirdness as well because it was <laughs> just like, you you can't kill that guy like,
0: <laughs> can't kill him, can't kill the alien. Are you an alien? Just to clear the record.
1: I I mean, uh, technically, if you mix up all the letters in my name, you can spell alien. And
0: oh um, my <laughs> god, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty effing epic. I mean, again, I, you and I met very briefly at a reunion for your wife and I felt connected to you. So I can only imagine how many other people have shared that connection throughout your life. I think that you clearly are destined for something way greater because this story could have ended 24 years ago in a way more tragic way. Um, And and so knowing that and being able to look back, um, do you feel like you are nearing knowing your purpose? I don't think we ever really know our purpose, but do, do you feel like you have an inkling of what your purpose may be or are you still kind of like, okay, what the fuck has this whole journey been for?
1: To be honest with you, that's something that I struggle with, and I feel like a lot of people struggle with it um a lot. And my wife tells me all the time that I need to write a book or or just get these these things down because I've <laughs> I've lived a lot of different lives.
0: Uh, do you deal with survivor's guilt at all? I don't know if you're aware of that concept, but it's pretty big time, big
1: time, big time, big time. And I did for the longest time. Um I used to keep journals and I purposely like wouldn't read them because it was just too dark. Um, but yeah, like for a long time, I was just like, man, I just wish that I had died in that accident. Um, I really struggled with it just cause I didn't, I don't know. I just didn't feel good about myself. Um, and I didn't, I didn't see, like, that there was, like, a light at the end of the tunnel or that I could help other people or any of that. I didn't see anything positive. Uh Basically, after the accident, I didn't see my father again until, like, a year ago. Um, so, it had been a long time. Uh, I was really struggling with that. Like, my parents didn't want me. Uh Like, why didn't I die in that accident? Um, I don't want to be like my father. Like, I don't want to be an addict. So,
0: um, do you think, I mean, of course, Brittany is a light, she's a light in your world. And she is a sweet human being. And I'm sure that you've lightened up, you know, brightened her world as well. Um, outside of your lovely marriage, do you see any positive, like, what? Are you at a place where you can kind of look back and say, "This made me a better person and is helping me? Or are you still kind of working
1: through that? No, I wouldn't change anything. Uh, I definitely wouldn't change anything at all i I know that it's made me a better person, and i I know that it's it's helped me help other people, whether I realize it or not um, and I would do it all over again.
0: Oh God, you're a saint. <laughs> I disagree. I'm like no it didn't happen to me and I'm glad it didn't happen to me and I would don't want it to happen to you so that's really 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 awesome of you to say but no I'm a little surprised so you didn't talk to your dad from the time you were 9 up until last year
1: Yeah yeah my dad kind of knew he was just like well like he and I and I get it. The older I get, I, I say this to my wife all the time, I don't know if she gets it, but I always say like the older I get, the more that like I understand my dad's choices because he was dealing with a lot of guilt. Um and he was just like, Well, he's my son's gonna have a better life without me. And, like, I kind of get it, but at the same time, it's like, what the fuck? No. Uh, but I get it. Like, I understand where he's coming from. Like, I haven't necessarily, like, forgiven him totally. But I'm willing to give him a chance. And I do want to have a relationship with my dad, whether it's, like, you know, if it's just a friendship or whatever, that's fine. But um, so basically, he kind of, like, stayed out of the picture, stopped coming around. Um when he was in his dark place, he was definitely like in a dark place. And he's had to go through some things and figure some stuff out on his own. He's kinda got his life together and I'm in a place where I can accept him without any negative feelings. And it's been great. It's been really it's been awesome. And we both say like, you know, hey, let's go do some stuff like that we missed out on. And we both understand we both love each other, but it's, I don't know. It's different.
0: hmm Yeah. I i can, again, not in the same extent, but I can definitely relate to that sentiment.
1: And I uh, also have a little half-sister, and she was kind of like the one that was like, hey, you guys should... And, and this is the other part where, like, if he, if he just ditched her, I would have been like, nah, fuck this guy. But he was there for her and he helped her and he was in her life and that's all I can ever hope for, honestly.
0: Well, I have no doubt if you and Brittany decide to become parents, um, I'm not gonna cry, Lane. Stop trying to make (laughs) me fucking cry. If I cry, I will seriously stab someone. No, I I have no doubt that if you and Brittany decide to become parents, I never assume that a married couple wants to go that route. And I never assume what the family planning process is. But if you do decide to do that, I, I really have no doubt that you will achieve the one and only goal that we can expect as human beings, which is to be more loving and more caring than the parents, than our own parents were to us. And, yeah. and I'm not referring just to your mother and father. I'm referring to your grandparents who sound very loving, very selfless. I think, at, especially knowing that they were your mother's parents, not, or, uh, speaking of your father, despairingly, um, disparagingly, um, is such a sacrifice that I can tell you I know a lot of people aren't willing to make. And it's for the betterment of you and your life and your identity. Because when we demonize someone's parent, we essentially demonize the child. And I think some people don't realize that until it's too late. So I'm really grateful that you had grandparents who did that for you. But, if you were to decide to become a father, I have no doubt that you would break the cycle and do so even better things and 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 just bring so much compassion and understanding um to the situation um yeah. He's a beautiful soul and and I love being able to witness your guys's love on um Facebook and instagram and and so forth so I so appreciate the time um and just the fact that you're sharing it's it, it at the very i have to say like it's it's a reminder to me someone who's very um you know i get down in the dumps and and sad on myself and i feel like my life has been so hard and nobody understands what i've been through i feel that way all the time now i'm gonna have another one to be like yeah but did you break your fucking neck like- <laughs> During the time that Buster Rhymes literally made a song called Break Her Neck, no, you didn't. So move along.
1: Everybody's different. Everybody experiences it differently. So it could be exactly the same. So don't, you got to give yourself a little bit of credit. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your kind words. Cause Man, those are like my biggest fears. Like all I want to do is break that cycle. So
0: you already have. I have no doubt. I'm super excited to see whatever future is in store for you and Brittany. And I really, really thank you for the time, um, and the energy tonight. I will probably cry editing this, but it won't count as crying <laughs> on the podcast. If I'm okay with it.
1: Oh boy, yeah. Thank you so much. And if you ever want to talk again, I have. Lots more stories. I've been in a lot more accidents and almost died a lot more times. So,
0: <laughs> well, I have your number now. So, what do you know about that? Ha-ha- okay. All right. Well, thank you. Okay, bye. Thank you. Hey, hey, thanks for checking this shit show out. If you have an idea you'd like to be featured here, my email is ellayorbellapodcast at gmail.com. Thank you.